Hi, Boo here. <laughs> I said that because it means something to Emer. It's like a private joke between us. I suppose sounding like a dick, notwithstanding. But I'm one of her friends and I'm going to bring you today's blog post. So here we go in my bestest reading voice. Silence, but not really silent. It's Sunday. I haven't spoken since Thursday and it's not been as difficult as I expected. That being said, I've only been sitting in front of the fire with my mum and dad, with the odd visit from a friend to bring supplies. So you could say that I'm not really being tested. And I guess you'd be right. These are all people who know I'm not supposed to talk, so they're adjusting their communication accordingly. I can't say the same for the poor postman. With all of my online Christmas shopping, we'd struggle for rapport, with daily chats about the weather and how busy work was from. But when he called on Friday, I was all hand gestures and thumbs ups. I've forgotten to bring my whiteboard to the door to tell him I was unable to speak. So he either thinks I'm a complete weirdo, or that I saw him sneaking into a neighbour's house with a bigger parcel, and now we're no longer post pals. I'm not going to lie. I plan to avoid social gatherings and being in public for as long as I can. The thoughts of even driving the car without shouting when people don't indicate is a prospect I'd rather not face. But I doubt I'll have a choice. I don't have cabin fever yet, but I imagine it won't be long before it descends. Car charades. For anyone who knows me personally, you'll know that I like to have the last word. I find it very difficult to stay quiet when I feel I can correct something or have something to contribute. I'm one of those really annoying people who starts to sweat and twitch when I hear someone sing the wrong lyrics to songs, even if they're just singing along to the radio. I guess what I'm saying is, biting my tongue doesn't come easy. But I learned early on this week that I would have to kill my jets. She's going to kill me, but I'll tell this story anyway. My mum collected me from the hospital on Thursday. Herself and dad had gone to the shop, got everything I needed, lit the fire and made sure I didn't have to move for the foreseeable. I'd been receiving messages and voice memos, so I needed to keep my headphones handy. Easiest way was keeping one earbud in, to carry them, you know? Anyway, in the car, on the way home, my mum asked me a question. I didn't catch all of it. I knew I couldn't write on the whiteboard as she was driving and couldn't read it, so I gestured with my hand for her to repeat the question. Note to self, I need to work on my gesturing because I'm clearly not good at it. No one ever seems to understand what I'm trying to say. My mum's response was, oh, it's okay, I'll ask you later. Bear in mind, I was less than two hours out of recovery. I saw red. Yes, I know, I was being irrational. What was unfolding was what I had dreaded. Fourteen days of not being able to effectively communicate flashing in front of me in that one exchange. I started to unhealthily wave my hand at what I thought was clearly saying, repeat the question. Mum shook her head and said, I'll ask you when we get home. This was repeated. My eyes nearly popped out of my head like a petulant child. I let out a big sigh. I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to do that either. Folded my arms and sat there like one of the characters from Kevin and Perry. It wasn't my proudest moment. All that was going through my head was it's speaking I have a problem with, not my hearing. Please repeat the question. But we sat in silence until we got home. I got new rules. I got them. It's easy to forget when you're going through something that those around you are also affected. They're frustrated for you. They feel for you. They know you can't communicate fully and are afraid they're not understanding you properly. I actually think mum thought I was listening to something and she didn't want to disturb me. Whereas I just saw what I thought my whole recovery was going to be. One big ball of frustration. When I arrived at the house, I was greeted with a bunch of flowers from friends. They'd been delivered with a gorgeous message saying that I'd been so positive about this whole thing. How guilty did I feel about the car exchange after reading that message? 
Thankfully, mums don't hold grudges and totally understand situations, even when you fully don't get them yourself. It was the only time I've felt stressed about the silence since it started. And I've learned from it. It's all about finding your groove. There have been times when I've had a question called from another room. I smile and wait for the person who's asking to come into the room and repeat the question. We're even getting good at using closed questions. There's a new set of rules for communicating. Cue Dua Lipa. But I'll save everyone the song. The Titanic Effect The anticipation of this has certainly been the worst part. There's no real pain, just soreness. The right side of my neck is tender to touch and I'm guessing there were clamps on my chin to hold my head back because of sore to touch there too. I actually feel a little like I did after 15 year old me went to see Titanic with my then boyfriend. They were the days when you went to the back row of the cinema for a bit of a schnog and Titanic being three hours long was enough to give anyone a creak in their neck. So I'm used to the feeling. However, the coughing silently like a cow, as the speech and language therapist suggested, is not as easy as it seems. I guess if we were designed to cough like that, we would do it instinctively. Coughing and throat clearing is the most impossible bit. You feel a cough brewing and you have seconds to rush to a bottle of water before it takes hold. There have been occasions where I've coughed and apart from the fear of what it's doing inside my poor vocal folds, it causes a slight burning sensation. So I really have nothing to complain about for now. I'll be there for you. Speaking of complaining, I feel like I did a fair bit of that in the lead up to the operation. My friends telling me I was very positive was a bit of a shocker. I thought I was a total basket case, but maybe I wasn't. Or maybe it was because I'm surrounded by such good people that for the most part I was able to process the darker days quickly. The person who has voiced this podcast is the one who sent me witty texts on the day of the operation. After she visited me and kept me company, answered the call when I text demands for supplies, and on a particular trip to Eddie Rockets in the run-up to the operation, gave me a reality check that I needed. She sent me a very sweet text the week before the operation that popped up on my phone on a night I was pulling my hair out at home. She told me that she would be with me every step of the way, and true to her word, she has been. Thanks, boo. And that's the end of the blog post. And so sweet, and what can I say? other than I love you and I wish you the speediest of recoveries and I'll always be there for you. Terms and conditions apply. I'll be silenced for two weeks. When you need to get on with talking out now, visit www.silenceofthechatterbox.com for more information.